It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 420 of Locked On Raptors 4. Oh, 420, nice. Uh, for, for Locked On Raptors 4, Tuesday, November 20th, I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. we got Team Focus Show for... Yeah, team Focus Show is good God. 420 indeed uh, for all 30 NBA teams. We got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA every single day with David Locke, Ben Golliver, Sam Amick, David Ramil, Wes Goldberg, John Corrales, other people I'm definitely forgetting who are also very good. Uh, on the NFL side, we've got shows for all 32 NFL teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy times two. We've got Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. I'm sure he will be talking all about that crazy-ass game last night between the Chiefs and Rams, if that's your bag. So uh, find a show on the network that you like, and if you find a host or a network or, or, a, or a show that you want to support oh my god can't speak today if you find a show on the network or a host that you want to support please go to their itunes stitcher spotify or google play page subscribe rate review all that good stuff helps with algorithms helps with egos helps with uh making us feel good so it's uh very much appreciated if you've done it already for lockdown raptors we have almost 170 reviews right now let's get it up a little bit more let's go for 200 i appreciate anyone who's taken the time and if you haven't yet uh you there's still time it's not going anywhere so thank you in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to leave a rating or a review uh, also, the Patreon page is still going. If you want to check out uh, patreon.com slash Raptors and throw me a few bucks a month for some extra podcasts, uh, I think it's a worthy investment. There's some fun podcasts. This week, we're doing one on Wednesday with Blake Murphy. Blake's going to come on, and we're going to talk about Jose Calderon job battles, which should be awesome. So stay tuned for that. That'll be up sometime on Wednesday. And that's about all I got to plug. Oh, if you're in the Hamilton area... Or are able to take a GO bus from Toronto, which is not hard because it's just an express bus if you really want to. I'm hosting a live podcast next week, uh, Tuesday the 27th, before the Raptors play the Grizzlies at Odds Bar, 164 James Street South in Hamilton, right downtown, right across from uh, Augusta Street, if that is a good landmark for you. Uh, and it's right across from the Go Bus Terminal as well if you want to take the bus in from Toronto. And we're going to be doing a little live podcast, hopefully some guests waiting to hear back on the mic situation. It might be just me. It might have a couple guests, and we'll watch the game after I do the podcast and hang out and drink some beers and have some food. Their food is very good there, by the way, so uh, come on out. We might give away some nachos or something like that, too, for people who answer like a trivia question or something along those lines. So should be a really good time at Odds Bar next Tuesday, the 27th. Please uh, come on out. It should be a great time. All right, that's enough shameless self-promotion to begin the show. Let's get to today's episode, and I'm joined by a first-time guest on the podcast from Raptors HQ and his own podcast, That's a Wrap. It's Jay Rosales. How's it going, man? Going well, going well. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Uh, I put out the call for a guest because I was too lazy to find one in the middle of the day, and you were right there to join me, and I very much appreciate it. And not like a ton of structure for today's show. we got a few things to talk about. We'll hit. The Raptors play the Magic tonight. Uh, I guess we can start with that. Um, but we'll also touch on the Wizards melting and falling apart. 
Terrence Ross, of course, um, you know, the, the namesake of this podcast, or at least the namesake of my Patreon podcast, Primo's Past Done Ross. Uh, he'll be uh, a topic of discussion as well, some trade stuff with him. And, you know, we'll just kind of bounce around. There's some stuff going on around the league that does not concern the Raptors. But, hey, why not talk about it? Because the Raptors are kind of in a boring week. They play the Southeast Division this week, so it's like having a reading week, pretty much. So uh, let's get to tonight's game against the Magic. Maybe one of the tougher matchups of the week. Maybe the toughest matchup of the week if you go by a record. Uh, the Magic are, like, kind of respectable. They're hanging around the playoff race. I think they're, what, 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and nine, something like that. I should probably have that up. I'm a bad host. Yeah, I think they're at 8-7. and seven. Yeah, like, that, that sounds... They're actually above 500 now. That sounds about right. And, oh, 9-8, yeah, 9-8, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought I was somewhere along the lines there. They're sitting in a playoff spot at number 6 right now. Won three in a row. They beat the Sixers, of course, in Jimmy Butler's debut on Terrence Ross's three, which uh, warmed my heart significantly. And they're kind of in that mess of teams with all of the teams we expected to and also the Celtics being in the running for the 5 through 10 spots in the East. I don't know. Jay, when you look at this Magic team, are you at all, like, interested in what they're doing? Or is this like last year? Because this is my problem with the Magic is I've picked them to make the 8th seed like four years running and been proven terribly, terribly wrong every time. And last year, I thought I kind of, I thought I'd finally hit hit on something there, and then they, you know, after the really nice start, completely fell off the face of the earth and became one of the worst teams in the entire league. And so I'm having trouble buying back in on them this year. But is there something they're doing this year, or just like the way they're playing, or the way they're set up, or the players they have, the mix they have this year that gives you excitement about what they could be, or are they still just the magic? I kind of like their their front court. The front court is finally healthy. I don't know if they. Always had this issue of health, but you know, as a fantasy basketball player, I've I've had to endure a couple of uh, uh, injury-filled seasons with Vucevic. So, but now that they're all healthy, I mean, that that front court of uh, Vucevic and Aaron Gordon is looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, combined, they're looking at I think they combined for something like thirty-five points a game and twenty boards, something like that. So, and each of them are averaging a steal, a block, and a three. So. There's nothing more you can really ask for from them. And again, because they're healthy, I think that that's helping. Um, and I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, but Terrence Ross has played great. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, chipping in with 14 off the bench. He's closing out games for them. I mean, there's a lot to like here. So, I mean, I, I, I can I can see why there's a bit of a concern on how the Raptors would do against them. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're looking good. But I, I do have my, my hesitations on, that, on how the Magic would perform against... Toronto. Yeah, but I I agree that again that they 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 can be a problem in the front court, but know, if we look at Toronto's uh, opponents that have done well against the Raptors, the Magic just don't fit that profile. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, Orlando is currently ranked twenty second in pace, mm-hmm. and that just doesn't jive well with in terms of the teams that have performed at a much quicker pace, like the Pelicans, the Pistons, the Bucks, like they're all top 10 in pace, and those are all teams that we lost to. Mm-hmm. Um, add in the fact that the Magic are kind of middle of the pack, 16th in defensive rating, again, that's an area where the Raptors have struggled against, right? The Celtics, the Bucks, the Pistons, they're all top 10 in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. And so both of those areas aren't areas that the Magic are performing well in, so at the end of the day, I don't think I'm that concerned about losing to the Magic tonight. Yeah, no, I'm not either. And the Raptors don't really lose games to teams they should beat. I guess the Pistons was sort of a game like that, although the Pistons have some 
you know, talent, obviously. Blake Griffin had a great game, and there was some, I think, some, you know, voodoo stuff at play with with Dwayne Casey and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's the Raptors have beaten the Magic a lot in the last few years. I don't even know the last time they lost to them. Like, it doesn't even come to mind, really. And they just seem to really beat these teams. They won the last four. Last yeah, four okay, so the last four. Um, but they just seem to really kind of beat up on the Magic, and a lot of teams like this, right, where they're just like, they kind of never really stoop down to other teams' levels. They kind of lose to teams that are more on their weight class, which, you know, there's a problem in that in its own. If you can't beat those teams regularly, obviously that has sort of negative implications for what could happen down the road, but I think a lot of teams struggle with very good teams, which is kind of how the NBA is. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Magic are, I want to believe in them so bad. Because I love Terrence Ross, I like Aaron Gordon, I like Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Simmons seems cool, even Nikola Vucevic seems like a fully realized, probably even more talented version of Jonas Valanciunas at this point, and he's excellent, like he's he puts up crazy numbers, but I just can't get past the fact that DJ Augustine has started every game of point guard, <laughs> like, it's just... I know he's been fine. Like, he's shooting 47% from three so far this year. Like, that'll work for you. You know, he's not... He's only playing 27 minutes a game, so they're not relying on him, on him a ton, but that also means Jerry and Grant's playing, like, 20 minutes a game. I just... It's... I... I want to buy him, but they're a point guard away, I think. Well, what about uh, Aaron Gordon? Uh, what about the matchup? Like, I imagine he'll be matched up with Siakam today. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, that should interested be to know. Like, is, is that... That's going to be, like, I guess, the matchup to watch... To, tonight correct yeah i would think so i mean they've been starting jonathan isaac a bit too right and i guess gordon sort of slots in as the three in that configuration i suppose um so i'm curious exactly how they'll that's the thing about the raptors though right is they can kind of switch that around and try different things out between Kawhi and pascal i'm assuming Kawhi is going to play tonight and then not against the hawks tomorrow um although i wonder if maybe he'll just play both because neither game will be that stressful and that he already had He's, he's been off since Friday, I guess, at this point, so we'll see. But, um, yeah, the, the the Magic presents some strange matchup stuff. It's nothing that I don't think the Raptors can overcome. Like, they're big. They have a lot of size. It's just they – DJ Augustine, man. And, I mean, he's probably liable to put up, like, 30 on the Raptors because that's what he does against the Raptors because he he only likes to be good against the Raptors because he was so bad for them back in the, back in the day. Um, well, yeah. Well, the last, last I checked, I think uh, – Miles and OG are out for tonight. Yes, they are. Uh, Lowry is game time decision, and Kawhi is assumed to be playing. So, yeah, yeah and to your point, right? I mean, uh, I wouldn't be so totally surprised if this is the first time that we see Kawhi playing on both games with a back to back, especially considering, um, you know, our, our health is not really at 100% right now. So, yeah. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Down the wings, yeah, it makes more sense if he plays. And, like,. I don't know. Where, where are you at with Kyle Lowry right now in his rest situation? He's kind of fallen off a little bit after that amazing start he had. And honestly, I'm not totally concerned because it just feels like the inverse of a lot of his starts in the past where he'd be a little rocky in the first few weeks of the season and then really kind of catch fire. It's been sort of the same thing so far, just kind of on the inverse. Um, and I think there are reasons why Kyle's performance might have fallen off a touch just because you know they're not dealing with a full complement of healthy players and his load is pretty high. And without Fred VanVleet and DeLon Wright playing to their 2017-18 you know, levels, I think it's kind of putting an extra stress on him. And also, he was just never going to shoot 60% from three over the course of the season. That was always going to come back to earth a little bit. So, but, but he's like, I don't know, the last few games he's looking a little bit ragged. He looked like he was limping at the end of the Detroit game. He obviously left the game against the Bulls on Saturday. 
would you just prefer they just sit Kyle and not worry about him playing tonight against the Magic and just kind of let him take some time? Even if he sits both of these games, it's not like either of these games are, are particularly hard to win without him. And I, I don't know. I'm of the mind that if you're going to rest Kawhi tomorrow, maybe play Kyle tomorrow, rest him tonight, kind of have one of them play each night, I guess would be my ideal situation for these two games. But how do you see it? Yeah, I like... Um, I'm actually not too concerned about Lowry. And I, and I agree with you in terms of Lowry resting. I'm fine with him resting one of these games. I'm fine with him resting both of these games. Because, again, we're, we're still in the middle of November here, right? Mm. And all that really matters is how how healthy he is come playoff time. But I did a quick check on uh, on Lowry's minutes and usage, and his minutes and usage this year are not that far off from his uh, his career averages mm-hmm. with over his seven seasons with the Raptors. I think what might be concerning is, uh, and something to look out for is, or what Raptors fans are probably worried about is, those 2015-16 numbers where he was playing 37 minutes a game and had a usage rate of, I don't know, it was like 23.5%. What we're seeing this year is his minutes are down to 34 minutes per game. His usage rate is under 20%. So Mm -hmm. I'm not too concerned about his workload. And, you know, if, if referring again to the fact that he used to play 37 minutes a game a couple of years ago, he's only hit 37 minutes on three different occasions this season so again i'm not too concerned about his workload um you know we've we've watched lowry's um lowry's gone through these valleys before and i'm I'm pretty sure he'll he'll be able to bounce back from this so yeah again i'm not too concerned about it Uh, i think that he'll 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 bounce back and start to kind of right the ship in terms of his shooting i think it's more of a a balancing out of things right because you're right Mm -hmm. he was just absolutely on fire at the beginning of the season and and now that we're kind of seeing a, a bit of a regression to the mean then this is kind of where we're going to be. It's going to kind of average itself out. Yeah. Um, and as we continue to get healthier, as the team continues to get healthier, um, that'll afford some time to uh, to get some rest. Yeah, I think that those are good points. I think the one counterpoint I would make to the idea that his usage is down is, yeah, like he's, he's under 20% usage, but... I still think he's been more involved in the offense than he ever was last year. And his usage was down last year, too, I think, to around the same levels. It's just, it was a different kind of low usage, right? Because he was just kind of spotting up off the ball a lot, as DeMar did a lot of the, the, the creating. And they're having Kawhi do quite a bit, and you know, and even Pascal's taking on some of that load. But it does feel like Kyle is involved in more possessions, and whether or not he's finishing them with a shot or a turnover or, or free throws, like that, I think, maybe kind of... The fact that he is digging into the defense and you know having to blow by guys as much as he is to sort of set up other guys that don't count towards his usage percentage, like I think that is you know that's something to keep in mind because he he's definitely been more of a on ball creator than he was last year, so that's something to keep in mind. But I agree, I think it'll come back, and I think as the team gets healthy, like all of this is just domino effects, really. I think of just not having everyone around and not having everyone like different guys around too, right? It's not like they've had one long-term injury where they've gotten to adjust to it and, and just sort of adapt to life without that one guy. It's been one guy out for two games, Kawhi rest this game, CJ out for a few games, DeLon, Fred, like it's been all over the place. So I think it's been probably a little bit jarring every time they go out there and it's like, oh, uh, this guy's not there for this game. How do we adapt to that? And, you know, OG's not out there for the end of this game or the, or the Bulls game. How do we deal with that? It's It's been a little tricky, but I think 
these are problems that the Raptors like they're, they're fine. <laughs> they have yeah. they're they're worse yeah, problems to have. Is oh no, no, we don't have enough good players to fill out our twelve man rotation. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, well, again, yeah, and yeah. along the same lines of, of you know this this just being our our first world problems as it were. I mean, are you do you have any concerns over Lowry on the defensive end? Like I know that we we all like to have we all like to tout the fact that you know everyone seems to make the mistake of posting up Lowry and. And no one ever learns that he'll obviously take the charge. He leads. He's been leading the league and taking charges for how many seasons now? Yeah. But is there any concern that, like, now that he's you know at in, in, on the wrong side of the 30s and taking this many charges a game, that this is going to start to add up? I would definitely like him to not take as many charges. That would definitely be awesome. If the if the NBA could like get rid of the charge rule just to save Kyle from himself, I would not hate it. <laughs> but I wonder if like this is kind of dark and kind of you know not something you want to really think about. But I wonder if there is like a toll that getting run into by seven foot dudes all the time is taking on his body that like is kind of unseen and maybe won't we won't know till later. That's really shitty to think about, but that's something I can't help but think when Joel Embiid or Andre Drummond runs into him and knocks him over, or LeBron or whoever it is that he's taking a charge against because he does not give a damn who it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think the defense for him is more he can kind of turn it on when he needs to now, and he still does that. I mean, I think Wendell Carter Jr. learned on Saturday that you don't post <laughs> yeah, Kyle up. Uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, and like, I do think he was guilty of this last year. And I think he's probably going to be guilty of it as the season goes on too, of just kind of not having games where he is really locked in on that end. And there are certain guys, I mean, the Drew Holiday game comes to mind, for example, where Drew Holiday just kind of had his way with him. And there are certain matchups where it's difficult. DJ Augustine might be one of those matchups. He has been historically for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but I do think... If Kyle is, like, at the end of the season, I, I think, honestly, you just wanted to be ready for the playoffs to play his full defense then, right? And I, I think working in a little bit of rest here and there for him would be a good way to do that. Obviously, we've seen it work last season with 33 minutes a game with being his kind of where he would cap out. And I think as the Raptors kind of get healthy, and I really do think we're going to see one of these runs where they just start blowing teams out over the course of a whole month. You know, like, they had that stretch last year where they won, like, 17 of 20, and most of them were just utter blowouts. I think we'll eventually see something like that because there's no reason this team isn't talented enough to do that. And, hell, it might start this week with the Magic, Hawks, uh, Wizards, and Heat on the docket. Like, that could very easily turn into a little winning streak where you get some fourth-quarter rest for these guys. And I think Nick Nurse, I, I wonder if maybe he's been trying to get guys in, you know, just like to have them on the court more often to kind of build some chemistry and stuff like that late in games. There have been some instances where he's kept starters in a little bit longer than I would like, per se. But I do think as the season goes on, that'll kind of get, get paired back a little bit. As we get into the sort of the heart of the season, I think the, the rest thing will, will be figured out, and I'm not entirely concerned. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on with Kyle, for sure, uh, considering just how successful it was last year when they did really mind his minutes and, and were super careful with him and rested him from night from time to time as well. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation and dive into some trade-related stuff and some wizardsy stuff in a second. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, and usually it's what team to bet on. And the truth is, I don't know. I'm an idiot. But if you think you know and you're not an idiot, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is super easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today with my bookie. 
I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy players out there, that's you, Jay. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player is going to score in a given game. Join my bookie now. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit for dollar for dollar up to a thousand dollars. A one hundred percent matching of up to a thousand dollars. That is incredible. Use the promo code Locked On to activate that very generous offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to claim that awesome up to one thousand dollar one hundred percent matching bonus. You play, you win, and you get paid with my bookie. No matter what moves you made last year. TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, Jay. There's a guy who's playing in the game tonight. People may have heard of him. People may have heard of him mentioned on this podcast. His name is Terrence Ross. Uh, I'm a big fan. I like his work, as people probably know. Uh, I just tweeted a trade machine joke, but also not entirely a joke, of Terrence Ross for CJ Miles and Malachi Richardson. It totally works in the trade machine. I wouldn't hate it. It would be pretty rad. Um, I, I don't really want to talk about the Raptors trading for Terrence Ross because I don't think that'll happen. I just think that's a deal we probably won't see because most deals that you come up with the trade machine are deals that you won't see. But he's a fascinating trade guy to me because you know, there's been all this talk about like Kyle Korver for the Sixers and stuff like that and all these shooters available. And I think Ross has kind of been lost in the conversation a tiny little bit just because he plays for the Magic and was hurt all last season and people kind of forgot about him. But as we talked about off the top, he's been really good so far this year. He's kind of been like a wonderful sage veteran for this young Magic team and really seems like a guy who's kind of grown into someone people really respect within the Magic locker room. And maybe the Magic want to keep him around for this year. Maybe they think they're a playoff team. I kind of tend to think they'll they'll eventually fall out. But if that happens, Ross becomes a fascinating trade piece because he's a free agent after this season. Only $10.5 million, which seems like a lot. But, you know, it's, it's easy enough to find matching salaries to make that deal work. Are there some teams out there that you think would be like good Ross destinations? I know this isn't Raptors related, but it's my podcast and I love Terrence Ross and I'm interested in this conversation and they're playing the magic. So I'm bringing it up, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're thinking about like different possible uh, Ross destinations? Yeah, like contenders. Ross is definitely going to elevate to title contender status. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I love what he brings off the bench. And you know who I could actually see him coming off the bench for is uh, the Lakers. Oh, you just uh, bummed me out hard, dude. What's that? Why? Because <laughs> I don't like the Lakers. What's... They don't deserve anything good. That's true. <laughs> true. But he's, so, he's just like, you know, I think of him and I think of like, he's like a, a Lou Williams light. Like, he can just come off the bench and just give you 15 a game and mm-hmm. maybe the occasional steal, but just absolutely what you want out of your, your, your sixth man. Just a firecracker off the bench. So, yeah, I don't know. I just... I think it's because part of me does not want to. Like, I guess the worst case scenario is he, he ends up on 
someone like the Sixers. Yeah. And we're killing them in some game. He comes in and just sparks the Sixers bench because we already know the Sixers don't have a bench. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the reason why I say the Lakers. I'm like, just get him out of the conference because he's. I don't think he's ever played as good as he is right now. Like he's averaging a career high, 2.3 uh, threes a game. He's like I said earlier. He's up to 14 points a game. I mean, he's he's playing amazing right now. So I don't know. What, what were you thinking? Or where do you where do you see him going? So like or anytime, would you like to see him going? yeah. Anytime I think of a trade for Ross, like first of all, the Sixers come to mind. Like, he just seems like a better Kyle Korver to go after if I'm the Sixers. So I'm definitely making that call if I'm Elton Brand. I'm not sure what the Sixers send out because. You know, when they sent out Jared Bayless, that was kind of their big like salary matching guy to send out when they traded him for Jimmy Butler. So, and I, th- that seemed like a weird addition. I guess it was to match salaries, but um, like it, I wonder what they would have to deal to. Uh, let me just pull up the thing here. Like Wilson Chandler, uh, like it, it's kind of you have to put some weird contracts together, like Mike Muscala and like a couple smaller deals maybe, like Justin Patton or something like that, and then maybe that's getting to the point where the Sixers don't want to do it anymore. It's not really an easy matchup for them um, because they got rid of uh, Jared Bayless's contract. So the Sixers, I think, make the most sense, but they maybe don't make the most sense financially. Um, Milwaukee's kind of interesting to me, like another shooter for oh, them yeah. to deal with. Like I don't know how how much they love Tony Snell or Matthew Dellavedova. Maybe Delavadova is like the. I mean, he would be the best point guard in Orlando, probably, which is horrifying to think about. But um, maybe he's a guy that Magic covet a little bit. It's tough. Like I, I want to see Ross end up somewhere nice, and I, I kind of want to see him away from Orlando. As great as he looks in that pinstripe blue jersey, I kind of want to see him on a different team. Um, the Pelicans are also an interesting one to me. They always kind of are, are a team that I think should be trading for wings, and they have Solomon Hill on on a contract for. A, a, I think he's a free agent after this season. Maybe if they, the Pelicans throw in, like, Solomon Hill on a pick, they can maybe pull that off. Let's see if that works. It does work. Solomon oh, Hill doesn't wow. really play for them. Ross would be a real – because any time the Pelicans can get a wing, I'd be like, yeah, you don't have any of those. Get one of those. <laughs> so. Wait, uh, you're telling me that Etwan Moore doesn't score, like, 30 points a game, like, every game just no, against the Raptors? it's only against the Raptors. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Whoa. Yeah, I can see him. I can see him on the pals. I can see him on the pals. But okay. basically, what we're, what we're what we're basically agreeing on here is definitely not the Lakers. Is that what we're saying here? I mean, I don't. I don't want the Lakers to have nice things. I don't want to have Terrence Ross have to hang out with stupid Lance Stevenson and his dumb face. And the Lakers don't really have much they can trade, really. I mean, Rajon Rondo, I guess, would work, but they'd have to wait till after the fifteenth for that to be able to do that in the trade machine to see if it actually works. Um, and, like, it feels like they probably need Rondo, and I don't know why the Magic would want Rondo at this point. Like, I know he seems like an improved team guy, but he doesn't really fit their timeline at all. Maybe the best move is just for the Magic to hang on to Ross and try to make the playoffs with him as a sixth man. Maybe that's what we're landing on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as, as boring as that sounds, but yeah. Unless the Raptors make that Miles and Malachi Richardson deal, of course. <laughs> Which is totally a fair deal. Totally I, I, a fair deal. I agree. Uh, Charlotte... I guess they have, like, Jeremy Lamb. They don't really need any more wings. They're fine. Indiana, maybe. Looking at these teams. I just want Terry on a playoff team. I just want him in the playoffs again, man. I really do. And he deserves it. Oh, how about this? Like, how about this? Darren Collison for Terrence Ross. What? That works? It does. It works straight. Like pretty much the exact same. Wait. Um, uh, oh, never mind. 
There's some weird, there's some weird cap thing going up the Pacers where they can't trade for Terrence Ross for uh, where they can't trade Darren Collison. I don't understand. Anyway. Oh, it's not it's not yeah, it's not a December fifteenth thing. It's something else. Yeah, they make like the same amount of money, but yeah, that so but like the Aaron Holiday looks like a nice little piece for the Pacers. So I don't know, maybe they they're ready to move on from Collison and just go with yeah, the other I don't know UCLA guy. With Tyreek Evans, I don't know what's happening with him this season, but yeah, Aaron Holiday is slowly stealing his his minutes and his his playing time. God, the Pacers are so inexplicably good, man. Oh, they scare me. Like I love Oladipo; he's so good. But like the rest of the team, it should not be this good. Yeah, they're kind of Clippersy, and... except the Clippers don't even have an Oladipo, and they're still insanely good. Man, eleven and six. Yeah, they're they're there. They're already there. Yeah, for and sure. And Miles Turner is still on that cheap deal. He's at like what three million or something like that. Yeah, I mean he's all oh, just this this year, and then next year the, the extension kicks in, right? I don't know how good Miles Turner is, man. I don't know. I think we're I kind mean, of. I think we're a little I've been biased. I him on fantasy a couple times. What's that? Sorry. I've been jaded from him. Yeah. Uh, fantasy all of last year actually. I also just think like, he. He f- I feel like Raptors fans might have a warped opinion of him just because he was so good against them in the playoffs that like they assume that's what Miles Turner always is, but he's just not that good all the time. So yeah, that, that, I think that's where I fall. It's that's the Thon's it's Thon Maker syndrome as well. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, has only ever been good in the games he's played against the Raptors. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, a team that once was good at games against the Raptors but is no longer is the Washington Wizards. We're going to talk about them in just a sec, but first, make sure you're checking out the Locked On NBA Net and Locked On NFL Net Twitter and Instagram feeds. Uh, some really cool stuff going on over there. If you follow either of those Twitter feeds, they're just putting all of the tweets from every host on the network into one feed. So you don't have to go around and follow all 60-whatever hosts for every network, and you're just getting them all into one spot, and it's very clean and easy, and it's it's a good way, you know, during games and stuff like that, to just get, like, a concentrated feed of tweets coming in from all the, the different hosts if you're interested in that so locked on nba net and locked on nfl net on twitter and then on instagram we're posting little snippets of each podcast uh the biggest podcast of the day and you can go listen to the full thing clicking the link in the bio doing that thing on instagram so make sure you're following locked on nba net and locked on nfl net on instagram and twitter the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. The Washington Wizards. This is delightful. And it seems like they're on the precipice of breaking it up. I don't know if they get rid of Ernie Grunfeld first and get someone new to do the teardown. That doesn't seem very wizardsy to me. It probably seems like, to me, they're going to let Grunfeld tear it apart and just have him stay in the job forever. Shouts to him for the job security. I don't know what nudes he has of Ted Leonsis, but congratulations on acquiring them, dude. Um, <laughs> it's it's insane. I don't I don't understand it even a little bit, but... With this Wizards team, there's been some talk today, just like in Raptors Twitter circles, of a Bradley Beal trade attempt. Where where are you on the idea of that and sort of what you'd be willing to give up if that were to come to pass? I'll preface this all by saying I don't think that's even remotely close to happening. Granted, I said this about the Kawhi Leonard trade well ahead of time and said there's no way this is happening, but I do think in regards to 
Bradley Beal. It's a way different trade landscape than it was with Kawhi. More teams are able to take on that risk, or it's not even that much of a risk. Bradley Beal's really freaking good, and he's got a pretty team-friendly contract. And, you know, it's just a matter of having enough assets to trade for him, I suppose. It's not like he's Anthony Davis level and some team is going to cash in all of their assets for him, but I do think there's uh, going to be a lot of teams with better packages than the Raptors have. But in the strange event the Raptors are able to get in the conversation, what would you be willing to give up in order to add Bradley Beal to the Raptors? Uh, I'm glad you brought up the Kawhi trade because I think that uh, Raptors fans are probably a little bit jaded by how that, uh, not jaded, but uh, there's a bit of a bias there in terms of what we were able to get and what we were able to give up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that bias is making its way over to this possibility or this rumor of a Beal trade because... Now the expectation is just, okay, well, if we can get Kawhi without giving up OG or Siakam, we can totally get Bradley Beal without giving up OG or Siakam. And that's just simply not the case. Um, You know, from a salary perspective, I think that it probably starts with JV. It definitely is going to include JV or Ibaka. Uh, I believe JV's salary is much more, uh, it's much larger, therefore it's an easier piece to attach to this. Um, But... I imagine from Washington's perspective, someone like Ibaka is probably the sexier choice. Yeah. Um, but a trade like this, you're looking at JV plus uh, one of Miles or Powell, and then one of our young prospects would probably be DeLon. Well, ideally for me, it would be DeLon instead of OG or Siakam. Which means they, it's probably OG or Siakam that you're looking at. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, right? So, I mean, that's for me, it seems a bit steep. And I've been on the fence on this all day. Ever since the word first just got out about all of this turmoil and all this infighting and the fines and, geez, the laundry list of things that have gone on in the last 24 hours is incredible. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence. A part of me feels like, okay, well, if we trade for, for Beal, then this is almost like insurance in case Kawhi leaves. At least there will still be the amazing backcourt of Lowry and Beal there in case uh, Kawhi were to leave. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I mean, that is uh, that's quite a lot to give up. I mean, I, I think you do it because of who Beal is. I mean, you, you're a knockdown shooter, you can defend uh, pretty well, and yeah, this, this type of all-star is not going to be uh, available to us come summertime. Like, I, I don't know, I... I I think I would pull the deal, and I bet you my mind will change in about five minutes. But <laughs> as of this very second, I would I would do that deal. So your your package would be JV, JV Powell, and oh my gosh, no, I can't part. You know what? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> See, I already changed my mind. I cannot part with Ogier Siakam. I'm too I'm too attached to them. That's that's fair. I think I would part with OG if push came to shove. Because Beal is under contract. I mean, he's still only 25, which is insane. It feels like he's been in the league forever. Still just 25. It feels like his injury issues are a couple years behind him at this point. And that'll always be a little specter, those little stress fractures stress fractures and stuff he's had in the past. That's always going to be a thing that you keep in your mind. But he signed for two more years beyond this. And, again, he's just 25. And if you have Bradley Beal, that, like, becomes a way to say, hey, Kawhi, like, you could go somewhere else or you could stay with this team that just won 60-something games with Bradley Beal, who's going to be here for two more years. We've got Kyle next year as well, and we got Pascal Siakam fully sort of blossoming into a, you know, a pseudo-star as well. And then you use that core, probably a Beal-Kawhi-Siakam core, 
as like your pitch tool for future free agents down the road. I mean, when the books become clear in 2021, that's where you get into the Giannis stuff, right? And this is all getting extremely ahead of ourselves because, again, this trade's not happening. <laughs> but the, the more I say it's not happening, maybe that makes it more likely because, again, I said this. I said the exact words, the Raptors aren't totally getting works. Kawhi Leonard, so stop asking me about it, uh, like, in the middle of June. So maybe I'm an idiot, but it just the... The landscape for this deal, it just feels like there's going to be more teams involved and more teams that have sort of... It's not like a crazy salary to match. It's $25 million. You can find ways to do that. It's funny that the Knicks and the uh, and the Suns, both teams that could be in for either Beal or Wall, who just kind of need a star at this point, just waive their two big salary filler contracts. That's hilarious to me. Um, so that's going to hurt their, their chances. And... I don't know. I just think there are other teams. Like, for me, the team that makes a lot of sense for the Hornets is... Sorry, for Bradley Beal is the Hornets. Like, yep. their team, with Kemba Walker as a free agent, you want to try to convince him to be around for a long time. And Walker and Beal, I mean, there's been a lot of conversation. What's the best backcourt in the East over the last, you know, however many years with DeMar and Kyle and Wall and Beal trying to be in the conversation? Like, Kemba and Beal is probably it. They fit perfectly. It'd be really good defensively. Both are knockdown shooters. It would be a just a dynamic fit. And I like I wonder what it would take for the Hornets to do that. It might include Miles Bridges, which would be a tough pill to swallow. But if you're the Hornets and get a controllable star through 2021, I mean, that seems like a good investment for me and a good risk to take with a guy you just drafted in the first round. Plus, I guess a first round pick coming up and then whatever salary you got to put in, whether it's Marvin Williams or MKG or whoever else. Like that seems to me like a, a thing I'd be happy to do. I don't know. It's are there any other teams out there that like if if it all lines up, you'd like to see Beal on? Or is it sort of a just keep him on the Wizards and let the Wizards kind of just like collapse with him on it? Well, the, the Hornets situation is very interesting because uh, I, I'm not sure if you even mentioned um, Batum is also out there, right? I mean, yeah, true, yeah. Whether it's Batum, Marvin Williams, I mean, they, they've got a lot there that they can match up. And again, you hit it on the head. I mean, the, the beal Kemba backcourt would be inc- like crazy like i i want no part of that <laughs> that's like revisiting washington days from a couple a couple years ago back before when, john wall got sad <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so i mean i think i think the hornets are the perfect partner um i guess right now for the wizards um but i mean going back to i i i, I don't want to miss this but the wizards uh payroll is incredible i think that it's eye-opening to a lot of people who are now have to take a look at their payroll and try to construct various different trade ideas because that's that's what happens when these type of, of of rumors start flying out about turmoil is everyone starts to make trade ideas and looking at what the payroll looks like and holy crap the wizard it's a disaster that, man it is right i mean next year's salary cap is 108 109 million and they have 107 just locked up in four players. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, have fun moving. Like, I honestly, I don't think Wall will get moved. I mean, especially with next year's Supermax kick, kicking in. I mean, next year it's, it's 37.8. And that is just year one. The The remaining three, it goes over 40 million. I mean, trying to find a trade partner for that, good luck. I don't think it's happening. Um Going back to the whole thing about Beal, you're right. I mean, there he's the most tradable of of the, the of the three of them, and I'm including Otto Porter into this. 
But um, yeah, if, if they can pull off a deal before things get even worse, uh, if I'm the Wizards, I pull the deal for you know if, if Batum and Williams or something like that is, is thrown out there because this this is spiraling out of control already. Yeah, it's kind of emblematic of how terrible the Wizards situation is, is that Bradley Beal's probably the guy that if you're the Wizards, you want to keep the most to try to build around going forward if you can, if you don't want to totally tank, which maybe they should, and maybe they should just get rid of everybody. But Bradley Beal seems like the best sort of bet to be really good and, and worth his contract or more in the coming years. I like Otto Porter a lot. I think his reputation has been really hurt by just how the Wizards view him internally and that's strange that their own sort of beating down of Porter is going to hurt his trade value probably overall and then Wall yeah like it seems impossible to trade him right now for anything of value so if you're the the Wizards Beal's the easiest guy to trade but he's also the least guy you least want to trade right it's it's just a, a disaster right there Ernie Grudfeld man what are you doing so so bad at your job man it's it's pathetic but um and you got Yon Mahimi for, like, Yon on the book it? next year too? Next year too? Is it? Is What's that? Is Yon Mahimi still on the books next year? Yep, that's part oh of that 108 I was mentioning. Yeah, he's, he's the fourth eye. Dude! 15.4? <laughs> Jeez. And so, they yeah, only yeah, have, they, oh my god, they only have a player option for Dwight Howard and Troy Brown on the books. That's it. Otherwise, that is insane. That They're so screwed. And and. and and I like that you brought up Dwight Howard because, I mean, as much as I like, I like watching the Wizards, you know, slowly die a slow death. <laughs> I mean, it just the cherry on top is that Dwight Howard's on this team too, right? I mean, and he has an ass injury. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally a pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah, it's 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 so fun to watch from so many different levels. I mean, once once Dwight Howard signed, I mean. If you were to predict which team, which dysfunctional team was going to be even more dysfunctional, hit rock bottom, I think before the season, the, the, the two popular choices were the Wizards and the Blazers. Yeah. And it's amazing how they've gone, one has gone exactly how you'd expect, and the other one went the exact opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, also, bringing in Austin Rivers, who I think is a good player, but obviously is not the most popular dude in the world, along with uh, Jeff Green. Who apparently fought with Jeff John Wall in practice yesterday? Um, I guess Bradley Beal looked down the baseline and screamed at Ernie Grunfeld. It starts at the top, which is amazing. Makes me like Bradley Beal more. Makes me want the Raptors to trade for him more. Um, again, I don't think it's going to happen. But to, I guess to go back to my original question before we wrap up, if there's a deal I'm comfortable with, it's probably something like Abaka. Although man, Abaka's been so good this year. <laughs> it's tough to swallow too. Um, I would say it's something. Eh, Abaka, an OG, and then some stuff. If that, if you can make that work, I think that works financially. I, I might be okay with that. I think the team will be good enough, and I think like the talent, you can probably find a way to manufacture. Maybe Chris Chris Boucher is thrust into a bigger role, but surrounded by better players, he kind of shines a little bit. I don't know. That's a big gamble to to make with considering how Abaka's played so far this year. But maybe you want to cash in at the peak of Abaka's value and say, hey, like. Washington, look how good he is. He's amazing. He's like the best center in the world, and they can trade him to the Wizards, and the Wizards can play him at the four. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree with you with the whole... Um, I think that is probably the best deal that the Wizards can get out of the Raptors is some sort of Ibaka-OG combo. Yeah. Um, if we remember that Ibaka just didn't show up in the playoffs. I mean, we're, we're quick to, to bring up Lowry's past playoff failures, but last year his playoff season was the best he's ever had. Yeah, he was good. And 
and Ibaka went in kind of the opposite direction. So yeah, like to your point, cashing in on, on Ibaka's value now, um, just remembering how he how poorly performed in the playoffs, that that's a good thing. And again, if we think about the quality of the player coming in, I I, I would do that deal. Again, yeah. I'm going to change my mind again in about 30 seconds, so let's, <laughs> let's end with that part. <laughs> and Yeah, and like just a reminder to people, just because the, the deals that we would be okay with does not mean the Wizards would be okay with that deal. And I do think anything beyond the OG, like, I don't think I'd do both OG and Pascal, let's put it that way. I think that's a big gamble on the future and sort of banking on everyone staying around a long time. And it also kind of cuts into what makes you such a challenging team for, say, the Warriors down the road, right? And just like a challenging playoff team is that cuts into your defensive versatility, that cuts into the number of guys who can play the four for you. Um, obviously, Kawhi can probably play some four and kind of fill in there for OG, but that is definitely a concern. Um, although the idea of like a Lowry, Danny Green, Bradley Beal, uh, Kawhi, Pascal lineup sounds pretty sexy to me. <laughs> oh, man. I think I just wet my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll let you go clean that up. And uh, by the way, Abaka Ananobi works for Beal straight up. So that's, that's nice. I think, the farthest I'd go. Other than that, the Raptors don't really need that deal. It, it is kind of like the rich getting richer if that's what happens. It's not necessary, really. The Raptors are still extremely good without that. So um, not a big concern for me and not something I think is even remotely close to being likely to happen. But uh, something to keep in mind, of, of course, because apparently the Raptors can trade for anybody when they want to. Um that's going to do it for today's show. We've gone far too long, and uh, sorry to the bosses if you're listening this late. We'll, we'll keep the next one shorter, I promise. Uh, Jay Rosales, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Where can people check your work out? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalesaurus. That's R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Holy crap, that's long to spell. <laughs> and you can find me on Raptors HQ. I got a Monday article that goes up every Monday that kind of previews the Raptors games of the week. And I've also got a podcast called uh, That's a Wrap. You can find us on wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, that's it for me. Awesome, man. Jay does great work. Make sure you're checking it out at Rosalosaurus, as you mentioned. You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can go to my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. Tomorrow's premium episode with Blake Murphy will be a banger. So get in your $5 for the month before that comes out, and you'll get all the premium episodes that have come before it. And, uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, review to Locked On Raptors on iTunes as well. It's the best way to support the show, and I appreciate it very, very much. And that is going to do it. We will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.